Next on Community Matters, former Sheriff Matt Saxton talks about the rigors of being a first responder. They may go from performing CPR on an infant to their next call is damage to a mailbox call. It's pothole patching time in Calhoun County. We have four dirt patchers on the job almost daily if they're not plowing snow and throwing salt. And special equipment comes to the dive team. They can place the car body in the water, underwater, and dive in. They can practice recovering victims. Community Matters for Saturday, February 24, 2024. Made possible by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. I'm Richard Pyatt. Welcome. Community Matters, we hear it Saturdays on WBCK, made possible by Lakeview Ford Lincoln, right after the 8 o'clock news. Or you can drop in at battlecreekpodcast.com and hear an episode anytime that is convenient for you on demand. So bookmark that if you like Battle Creek Podcast. Dot com. Richard Pyatt here. We're joined now by a familiar name and voice. Former Calhoun County Sheriff Matt Saxton joins us today, CEO of the Michigan Sheriff's Association these days. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Richard. It's it's great to hear your voice and uh, be back to have a conversation with you. Well, it's great to have this conversation with you. It's been a long time. We used to talk pretty regularly on the morning show years ago now. Uh, and so we have this opportunity now. Talk about what you've been doing. We we knew that you moved on to the Michigan Sheriff's Association, but talk about what they do. So we're the oldest law, law enforcement organization in the state of Michigan. We were created back in 1877. So wow. we're 147 years strong uh, and continue uh, to support the Office of Sheriff in Michigan. Uh, there's 83 counties here in the state of Michigan, which means there's 83 elected sheriffs around the state of Michigan, and they are my bosses. So I work for the 83 elected sheriffs. In addition to those sheriff memberships, we also have citizen memberships, and those citizen memberships are what helps us provide that training and education and safety programs to our 83 elected sheriffs. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. It's not a state entity. Uh, we're a small nonprofit that does a lot of good for the 83 elected sheriff's offices and the safety and security of the 10 million citizens of the state of Michigan. So that's mm. our main goal is to make sure the sheriffs can continue to provide safety and security within their communities that they serve as well as they are obli obligated and mandated to run a county jail for each of those 83 counties. So we at the Sheriff's Association deal with law enforcement situations, uh, as well as the corrections side of the house of our criminal justice system. So how would a sheriff avail themselves of support from the association? What might be a typical situation under which they might do that? So it varies around the state. We provide training opportunities for sheriffs. Uh, we have a program called a mission program, and our mission program provides for a non-biased internal investigation or in criminal investigation of a employee of a certain sheriff's office. If a sheriff calls up and says, we have an incident we'd like reviewed by a mission team. We have a group of trained investigators that we can call upon. 
we will get two trained investigators from two different counties that are at least separated by one county from the county that's requesting the team. That way, we make sure that the individuals investigating have no connection with that sheriff's office or with the individual employee that's being investigated. Sure, so it can provide a non-bias internal investigation or a criminal investigation and provide that feedback back to the sheriff and the local prosecutor to determine the outcome of that incident. So that's one of the ways, uh, but we offer two training conferences annually. We have a summer one in June and the fall one in October. Our fall conference also is a vendor and trade show. So we bring in about 150 vendors and tools of the trades for the sheriffs and their staff to see what's new and exciting in the world of corrections or law enforcement that can provide for safety and security within their communities. Well, I was just having a conversation with somebody else. We were just having this kind of a conversation in which I asked, do you get together with your counterparts somehow? and share experiences and knowledge and so on. And and their response was, yes, we have an association we belong to where that happens. This is a similar thing. It's an opportunity to uh, connect with folks in uh, other departments for sheriffs and also avail themselves of that training. And, and there's a lot of benefit to that, isn't there? The association and those conferences are so big for the sheriffs. We typically get about 68 to 70 counties represented at each of our counties or conferences. So we have a really good attendance. That might not always be the sheriff, but we'll usually have about 55 sheriffs attending the conference. And then under sheriffs, jail administrators, we have administrative assistants that attend as well. So, but that interaction between classes or in the evening, there's more opportunity for sheriffs and command staff to learn from each other and listen to war stories of what not to do uh, or you know learn yeah. from others mistakes or learn from others good ideas so mm-hmm. those conferences are well worth the cost to attend and the training and information each of those elected sheriffs get out of those are are beneficial for their communities I'm curious, too, about the the citizen memberships you talked about. I wonder if you could expand on that. I'm sure we've piqued an interest of at least a person or two when you said that. Someone can actually be a citizen member of the Michigan Sheriff's Association. So, so yeah, um, and they can do that by going to misheriff.org. That's M-I-S-H-E-R-I-F-F dot org um, and go to our membership page. but. Uh, we offer citizen memberships for uh, as little as $25 a person. Uh, they get an ID card saying they're a contributing member of the Michigan Sheriff's Association. They also get, which I believe is what they most want, is the two decals for Homer Auto that they can put on their windows. And it's uh, updated each year as this year, obviously, 2024 membership. But it also avails them with home and auto insurance discounts, uh, auto owners, farmers, several other. Uh, so if hmm. they could ask if, while they're at their uh, insurance company, if they were a member, if they would, many of them are up to 10% off of their uh, auto or home insurance. So that in itself is a, a good value. Sure. That would more than pay for the membership, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So 
We have, we have about 20,000 citizen members. We only do mailings. We don't make phone calls. So if somebody gets a phone call from somebody saying they're with the Michigan Sheriff's Association, it's a scam and hang up because we don't call or solicit over the phone. We do five mailings a year, three of which only go to our citizen, current citizen members. Uh, the other two are uh, a hard mailing that go out to prospect members. Uh, in the spring and fall, if you do receive something from the Sheriff's Association, it doesn't hurt to check with your local sheriff to see if it's true, but we do those prospect mailings uh, from time to time as well. It's neat to see how many of those citizen members around the state. There are several members from Calhoun County, which is nice to see, uh, especially from my time back in Calhoun, but around the state and the generosity is so impactful on what we do here at the Sheriff's Association for the safety of the citizens of Michigan and the work we do for the sheriffs and with the sheriffs. And I didn't touch on, we also keep track of legislative things that are going through the legislature uh, and give input to legislators. You know, a lot of times not having knowledge of any bills they're trying to put together to have that professional background to go in and say, well, if you're trying to do this, you need to try and do it this way because the way the bill's written right now, it's going to negatively impact the situation. So we... Uh, also deal with the legislature quite often. My office is a block, two blocks south of the Capitol here, and I drive to Lansing every day, uh, still from Battle Creek. Yeah, that is uh, an important point that very often uh, trade associations and organizations like yours are consultants or even lobbyists in a way to try and bring forth a perspective that a lawmaker might not know about. Right. And here at MSA, as a 501c3 nonprofit, we don't directly lobby, but we do have a lobbyist for our association. Yeah. But we are here as a resource to the legislature and lobbyists when they're looking for professional input on bills that affect the criminal justice system. I'm curious about, you said that the decals are sought after. (laughs) The citizen members receive a decal that they can put on their car if they wish that indicates that they're a member of the Michigan Sheriff's Association. Why are those so sought after? Do they think that if that's on the back of their car and they get pulled over, it wins a point or two? (laughs) Well, and quite frankly, I I see a lot on cars, but I do see a lot on home and businesses as well. So I I think uh, it also may make a intruder or a possible crime suspect think twice. Unfortunately, we've also heard with the auto decals, not so much anymore, but during the time that our profession was being demonized by state, local, and national politicians, media, after the George Floyd incident, some had concerns of having law enforcement affiliated stickers on a vehicle. That has changed, and I know the silent majority of supporters of this noble profession are out there, and I hear from officers all the time about being thanked on the street, and just that small thank you goes a long way to the men and women in law enforcement from a random citizen as they're walking down the street is huge for their mental health to know what they're doing is welcomed by the communities. Well, nobody said it was was easy. And then, of course, these days, we we all have our perspectives we know best, and we don't 
necessarily know the perspective of someone else and the shoes in which they walk and and uh boy if we could just take a breath and try and understand that on all sides it might might be helpful well it's a really interesting point about uh about the the statement that that decal could make i hadn't even thought of the idea of putting it on a building might then make an intruder think twice about about what the affiliation might be behind that behind that sticker i suppose in this position you certainly heard it before as sheriff and lived it but uh you probably hear about some of those challenges you talked about mental health and and that sort of thing these are all things about which you hear regularly now from all of the counties in michigan i presume Yes, the mental health and well-being of the men and women that put that uniform on every day to nobly go serve their community that they serve. We do a lot better now of taking care of our employees, whether that's what we've seen huge pay increases over the last four or five years, which is a good thing. In my mind, law enforcement still doesn't get paid what they deserve, but the pay isn't everything. We need to make sure we're taking care of their health, which a big portion of that is their mental health. The things that law enforcement on a daily basis have to see, hear, smell, taste, they will never forget those things. They're with them every day, and they may go from performing CPR on an infant to their next call is a, a damage to a mailbox call. Yeah. And their change of emotions just through a shift is huge. And we're doing a better job at making sure their mental health is where it needs to be. But there's still a lot of work to be done on that front as well. I was having a conversation with the current sheriff, Steve Hinckley, in Callan County recently for a Summit Point series. And we were just talking about available programs and connections that can be made to keep more people from reoffending and returning to the jail and things of that nature. And he, he made a point. He said, uh, you know, 30 years ago, it was so different. We didn't have these resources. I imagine you see that on a greater scale now, looking broadly across the whole state and all of uh, the sheriffs who report back to you about what's happening with them. You probably see that too and could probably uh, confirm that, that things have changed a lot in the way we, uh, as you pointed out, uh, take care of our own, but also uh, how we take care of the citizenry. Wouldn't you say? This profession is always changing and we're always trying to improve uh, this noble profession. Um it it was difficult after the George Floyd incident when all of these legislative bills came out and they were all named police reform, police accountability. Our profession has been improving, as Sheriff Hinckley said, 30 years ago is vastly different than what it is today. We do so many more things as law enforcement, as corrections, and we continue to improve this profession for the betterment of the community. The difficult part right now is trying to find good men and women that want to join our profession. Um, We've had one benefit that we've seen throughout the state last year in the state's budget. They put $30 million in a pot that uh, local communities and sheriff's offices could receive grants to send individuals to the academy. Uh, So they could hire new hires that aren't licensed in the state of Michigan, and they can get a grant to send them to those academies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 
Calhoun County, Kellogg Community College has an outstanding uh, academy there. I know Sheriff Hinckley sent several through that, and I know he has taken advantage of that grant process. And yeah. this year is budget time in Lansing right now. We're stressing to the legislature that we need more money in that pot. They've almost gone through all $30 million of that. Uh, but it has put over 500 new law enforcement officers working in the state of Michigan. So that has been a, a, a great benefit to get more men and women to join our profession. You made the point about uh, how things have improved and changed. I call to mind, for example, this uh, shooting in, in downtown Battle Creek recently. A suspicious person, police are called, they respond and we end up with a shooting and a fatality. How have situations like that and the approach to them, I should say, changed over the years that you can call to mind? It is clearly a, a deadly situation, potentially. And like you say, that could be the next call at any time. How do we look at these and approach these differently than we did 30 years ago? Well, the difficulty with that question is, unfortunately, today we are seeing more law enforcement personnel assaulted on duty than we were 30 years ago. We had the incident last week in Battle Creek. Thankfully, it did not result in the loss of the life of a Battle Creek police officer. Uh, she was injured. Thankfully, physically, her health is going to be okay. But it goes back to that we talked about the mental health. Right. Um, officers involved that day are going to be dealing with that day for years to come. And we need to continue to provide this uh, support that they need to get through this process. We saw just a couple nights ago, two officers and a paramedic were killed in Minnesota responding to a domestic violence call. More and more, we're seeing officers injured and assaulted in the line of duty. It hasn't been studied yet to see why these are on the increase. However, some of it, I think we're seeing situations where officers are slower to react with the needed force necessary to take care of the situation. Mm. Because in the back of their mind, they're running through, is my job in jeopardy if I do this? I think sometimes law enforcement personnel are afraid to use the force which is necessary to end a situation quickly. And those situations prolong longer where it ends in a result of an injured officer or a officer killed in the line of duty. There's more uh, processing that goes on in the mind before the action is taken, which can have an effect when a, when a fast decision has to be made. And I was talking generically. That yeah, was not yeah. in response to the Battle Creek incident. I have no firsthand knowledge of that incident other than what I've seen in the news media as well. But, yeah. but I think we do see situations where with the police reform bills out there that was talking about doing away with qualified immunity and uh, the difficulty with those is people don't even know what qualified immunity is. Uh, obviously, that front where it's not it's not guaranteed immunity, it's qualified immunity, and it only protects those men and women that were doing their job and honestly believed what they were doing at the time was right. It doesn't protect individual that's 
been convicted of a crime, law enforcement officer convicted of a crime and doing obvious wrong things at the time while on duty. Well, uh, you're right. It is uh, really complicated, isn't it? The uh, the role that a law enforcement officer plays these days. You talked about the the mental health effects of an incident for an officer like what we saw in Battle Creek recently uh, will be carried on with that person for some time. And imagine if there'd been another one prior to that, that they might be uh, still processing and another one to come. Uh, these all pile up, I suppose. And uh, we're back to the importance of making sure that um, uh, our law enforcement structure is helping those officers, I suppose. I couldn't have said it better. I, I mean, it's not just one incident. It's the accumulation of years of service. Yeah. Uh, but I've been gone from the sheriff's office. It'll be four years this March already. And there are still things of my 27 years uh, working at Calhoun County that I think of every day. Mm -hmm. uh, or I drive by a house and I remember that incident there. It, it never leaves you. Um, and I said, taste and smell. Those flashback as you drive drive by a, a fire scene or what yeah. have you. And it's it's a, good to see we're providing better, better mental health treatment for our, our employees, but there's still a lot more we can do to assure that. Well, we appreciate the perspective from where you sit, which uh, provides that uh, even in a situation now that's a little different or maybe a lot different than uh, what you'd been doing before. And so, it's good to have that conversation. If folks are interested in the Michigan Sheriff's Association and uh, you missed that web address that Matt said when uh, we were talking about it earlier, we'll just put it up like we always do with the show notes for these episodes at battlecreekpodcast.com. So when you click those, you can find the links and click through and find that information. Former Calhoun County Sheriff Matt Saxton, now CEO at the Michigan Sheriff's Association. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. It was great to be back with you this morning. Voices from Battle Creek and Calhoun County. Opportunity to go to a four-year college or university. Make things better for our people here. We've been working under a very broken system for years. Give the city of Marshall residents their right to vote. We are expecting to feed 7,500 people this year. Community Matters. Sponsored by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Saturdays after the 8 o'clock news on WBCK. Episodes anytime at BattleCreekPodcast.com.